Attention, Game, Game Boys Boy. Nation. Uh, it has come to our attention that something major in culture has happened and we needed to respond. Um, we have decided after going over all of the candidates for president that we fully endorse Kanye West for president and Elon Musk as vice president. Um it well, was, well, now it was really hard true? for me to give up on Jesse Ventura 2020, but you know, I think he gave yeah. up on all of us by just refusing to commit to it. For me, yeah. America is in a moment where we need someone to meet the demands and issues of the now, and no one is clearer than Jesus himself, the man to take us to the next. America? The, yeah. The, I don't know. The new America. Look, America needs, someone needs to stretch America's hands and it can only be father. And we all know <laughs> what that means. Like it's. Damn he, dude. He has at least, at he's least not, you know, he's as not a con- coherent of a platform as Joe Biden. Like I, I know as much about like what his goals are electorally as Joe Biden. So yeah, uh, I, I like and, and, Kanye yeah. better. And also, like mm-hmm. the weird fact, shit Kanye could, says is funnier. You could make two arguments about <laughs> with regards to Biden and Trump and Kanye that are that are honestly a little bit compelling. One is that at least Kanye has yet to vocally dismiss every policy that I think is a good idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kanye has yet to shit down my throat. Yeah, Kanye has yet to be a, like he's a tabula rasa. He's just like a <laughs> right, which at least yeah, exactly, which is at least like a little more hopeful than Joe Biden. And then the other thing is at least Kanye is not a convicted sex offender or like a. A re- sorry, not convicted. A reasonably believed sex offender. Yeah, yeah. What's the what's the scoreboard on a, a sexual oh, assault no. allegations they, they for Kanye? Been, I think it's zero. They've both been convicted by Q at Guantanamo Bay. They are both both Trump <laughs> and Biden are already under citizens arrest. Kanye is oh, fine. They're running well, it like yeah. Brazil. Then only then all, then Kanye really is all that remains. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, we don't we don't have any other options. So yeah, I mean, it is it is a weird time. Well, there's clearly there's clearly uh, only that choice. Um, obviously, Kanye cannot get on enough of the ballots to become president, but that did not stop many of the world from having a full blown meltdown about it. God, yeah, it's it was crazy how crazy people got about this. Like, I think it's like if Kanye had like pulled the trigger the day he announced on all the paperwork, he could have been on like ten states, and everyone was like, "This is going to ruin the election." <laughs> Which is just like it was crazy. It's it. Uh, people are so brainwormed. Yeah. It's beyond. It's beyond my mind at this point. One, it like shows off just how frail Biden's campaign is. That like people are afraid that like any kind of third party or or challenger like could absolutely just ruin this thing. Yeah, uh, we've got the volleyball from Castaway running for president. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's gonna ruin Biden's chances. Uh, that guy, so that, that ball survived on an island. I don't think Joe Biden could do that. <laughs> Joe Biden would have just fallen <laughs> in the water. I, I, I kind of also default to like people have just a really bizarre impression of how electoral politics work, like to the degree yes. that, uh, I mean, I know that's not that's not like a super profound statement, but like before. The Kentucky primary, I swear to God, I saw like three different people saying that Charles Booker was being a spoiler. Right. It's a fucking oh, primary. You yeah. can't fucking mm-hmm. like the way people talk about primaries is some truly idiot bullshit. Well, the primary is one thing, but the main one is electoral college. Just like this idea that uh, 
uh, that like everyone is going to wring their hands in California and stress themselves out that their friend isn't going to vote for Biden when it's like, look at the state that we live in. It doesn't matter who you vote for. Biden's going to take this state. So like, why are you crucifying yourself against values you don't believe in? Like just to symbolically feel like you got Trump out of office, but your vote does not fucking matter. Yeah. I mean, that's the, so, okay. To clarify, everyone I would should vote. I would vote for Biden. I would vote for Biden if it got close in California, but it's not going to be close in California. So I'm symbolically gesturing to a record of policy that directly is in conflict with mine. Oh, yeah, That's totally. also pretty much how I feel being in Texas. Like, uh, I'm probably not going to vote for Joe Biden. I'm probably going to vote third party because uh, no matter how many I so I've been living in Texas for 20 fucking years and like every election people say no that it's gonna go blue this time it's gonna happen it never fucking happens uh, if I see polling suggesting like oh it could actually happen then maybe I will vote for Joe Biden otherwise like I look at voting for him as just being me personally giving my assent to him as a person and consenting to what the direct what direction the party is going in and yeah uh, that's not a compelling <laughs> reason and, to me yeah uh, sorry hold on let me check your privilege rory on that one uh you know it's if there, a if there it's, is it's like within three points of each other like afghanistan well here's the thing here's the here's the thing with the texas going blue thing is that like it's it's an the Democratic Party is like really a great example of people who can never learn the right lesson from things. Um, and the mm-hmm. whole reason Texas skews more blue than ever is because there have been more local elections won by like progressive Democrats in Texas that have had like meaningful on the ground change, which led to more like working class people supporting Democratic candidates because they're like, oh, wait, that guy helped me get paid sick leave or like that guy helped me have insurance or whatever. Um mm-hmm. But like, so that means that like a Bernie Sanders or a populist candidate who's running on policy things that matter to people in Texas could flip Texas. A Joe Biden who won't do that, who consistently announces his unwillingness to do that and whose electoral strategy is to just sort of stay out of the way until Donald Trump trips on his dick and like land and drowns in the reflecting pool, like is not going to flip Texas. Like it doesn't matter. Um, right. So, but, and, but like, you know, if it does fucking, yeah, I guess vote if you can flip it just cause it'd be hilarious. Just make sure. Oh Texas. yeah. It would be really funny. That was why I so voted funny. for Clinton in 2016 was just thinking yeah. like, I, I fucking hate her, but it'll be so funny if Donald Trump loses Texas. Right. Because like in Texas, you do have, um, you do have a need to own Texas. You like, so that's, that's definitely real. Um, but I think overall right now, I, I think in terms of politics, it's feeling very, we feel, we feel very comfortable as a podcast with a full endorsement of Kanye. I think that we need the Senate and Congress to pass a law to get Kanye on every ballot. Um, and I want every, uh, I want every person on the left to do a ukulele song owning, uh, owning Kanye. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and so I want you, that to be the next five months. I think that'll get him over and, the uh, top. Just remember, like, yeah, yeah, and uh, just vote, vote for your local people. Like, who gives a shit about who's president anyway? Just vote for your fucking local politicians. Don't not vote. Yeah, that's, no, yeah, yeah, vote. That's coward mm-hmm. shit. But make sure you vote for the good people in your local elections. Hey. You can just like vote for your own ass for president. I don't give a shit. But like, vote for hey, someone yeah, cool Ob- for Obama city council. Tweeted it best. Vote. Uh, okay, well, just, just that's vote. politics, guys. Uh, <laughs> now we're but, done in politics right, corner. 
Let's go into a land that has no contention or politics. That's right. It's our Last of Us 2 review episode. Man, I've been training mentally. I've been doing push-ups <laughs> mentally, obviously, mental push-ups, mental sit-ups. Um, I've been mentally shiving other other thought uh, ideas and reviews online and we're finally here you know i wanted rory back on again rory blank hello oh, yeah our that's, friend, our, that's our guest one of our main guests one of our favorite guests because we didn't also, just want someone who played boy. the game also hey happy birthday yeah, big, wow what a way to spend big it. big birthday hanging out with the boys I'm 31 i'm 31 Incredible. now it happened i can't be a punk anymore i have to get into like uh, alternative country or rockabilly or something i mean you're sounding and and, and visually appearing more like joel every day uh Wait, right that, you know, you're, that one? you're from austin you're growing a beard and like Joel, Joel from Austin, Joel from Austin, Texas, where I live, I have a thick foghorn, leghorn, southern accent, like all people from Austin. <laughs> no, 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 Ellie. <laughs> no, 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 I do declare that uh, these rattlers are causing us a whole heck of a lot of trouble, and these clickers and spitters, oh boy, they're going to cause us even more. I do declare the fireflies to not have the cure. <laughs> oh man! I'll tell you. I'll tell you this though. Uh, we're into the one quarter of the year where Rory's two years older than me, and I feel like a spring chicken now. Yeah. Well, we're all we're all spring chickens um, in the eyes of video game discourse because video game discourse, in terms of narrative and stuff, it's still I still feel like it's in its early phases. Like movie review discourse has had qu quite a few more decades to sort of walk out of the evolutionary swamps of thought on what on what things can and should be. Uh, and but video game uh, reviewers um, have had much less time, and so we've been getting some crazy takes. Um, there's so much to talk about that I don't even know where to start. I just do want to ask uh, first impressions right now after beating the game, Rory, how do you feel about this game? Um, I, I have a lot of different feelings about it. I, I just in the most the most broad thing that I can say is that I thought it was pretty good, honestly. But I mean, more particularly, uh, one of the things I've been thinking about in particular in particular with regards to the backlash to it is that I think this is kind of the only thing that it could have been. And I really sincerely mean that like, so if people are mad about the game, I think ultimately part of what they're mad about, whether they realize it or not, is that like, this is what a sequel to that game that they liked was going to be. And like probably was always going to be that, um, by which I mean, so you have, uh, and thinking about how to continue from the first game, either A, they could have just done the same sort of thing again, where all this, where like Joel and Ellie just continue to wander around aimlessly through the wasteland forever. Yeah, li literally play the same song, like yeah. just the same exact song over again, like or, is what I think a lot of people wanted. Yeah, but they also would, they would have hated it if that if they'd gotten that. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Yeah. They would have absolutely hated it and been like, oh, this is like the last game. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's a lot of people were never going to be happy because when games get this big um, and make swings this big, like the video game community, it, it crashes directly against 
the big sort of fantasy wish fulfillment um, vibe that a lot of video game people have because people look at Joel and they mistakenly think Joel is cool <laughs> in the way that they think that um, fucking Tyler Durden is cool in Fight Club or, you know, uh, any of these any of these anti hero type people uh, Tony uh, are Soprano, cool. Uh Sure. I mean, well, that, well, Tony, hey, I, Tony the, is cool. There's Tony like a, cool. there's a tweet that I saw that I've mentioned to both of you already that I think sums up this dynamic you're talking about, Griffin, like 100 percent. Where do someone it. said this was a huge disappointment. It was a great game rather than a masterpiece. And that really let me down. Yeah, that's accurate. That's that's fully it. That's fully it. It's like. The expectations was that this would be a better game than every other game that's ever happened, which is an outrageous way to go into a game thinking. And it is a great game. It's really good. It has problems. We can talk about the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like sure we will. And we yeah, we will. Oh, baby. But like, <laughs> but like, it's not it's not bad. Like the way people are getting angry about it is like so insane to me. I think it's because I think it's because when a game like this is complicated and 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 sort of. Force, forces difficult things on the player's experience. Um, the only the only language that most video game reviewers and players have is it was good or it was bad. Like every YouTube review that's a negative review of Last of Us 2, like is just repeating it was bad over and over again without like being able to dig into why they thought it was bad. Um, and for a game like this that has a lot of more complex feelings, I think a lot of people just simply don't have the language to like understand the journey they went on. For me personally, I think it was a fucking masterpiece. Um, And my definition of a masterpiece uh, is something that is like seminally, culturally huge for a medium and for a moment, even with its flaws and not saying that something is perfect, but uh, it is like it is a masterpiece of uh, of the genre uh, and takes really big and challenging swings uh, and is just a spectacle unlike anything um, I have played. Um, And it's something that has stuck with me and something I'm continuing to think about uh, while acknowledging that it's not the wildest story ever told and that there are some gameplay issues. The thing as a whole is a masterpiece to me. So, yeah, I don't totally agree, but we can get into that in a sec. I think the, the pressure thing that you're talking about here that, that really matters, though, is that like and we've talked about this a little bit the last two weeks. It's just that like video games got made and everyone started talking about them using movie review and movie criticism logic. And so video games never developed a language of their own or an approach of their own to how to do video games crit that wasn't just like cross applying movies critiques um, mm-hmm. and movie critiques do make sense sometimes and are useful. And like, that's more of my zone anyway. So it's, it's, I feel safe there, but like, it's not, it, it makes it impossible for people to like really articulate what makes a game good or bad in a lot of ways versus other games, aside from being like, it's more good or more bad. Um, I yeah. do want to throw out one more incredible tweet. Okay. Um, someone replying to Neil Druckmann's tweet about how they'd make the game. He said, I would do it all over again. If I had to make this game a second time, even knowing all the hate it would get <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And someone replied, golden state killer. Someone replied, I do it all over again is Joel's world words. Don't you dare even steal them from him. When it's like he wrote the oh, game. Fuck. Yeah. He wrote oh the game. Oh my God. He's, 
He gave Joel the words. Those were his words. He, uh, he lowered them to Joel. Listen, you take fucking, Dumbledore's words at your goddamn mouth, J.K. Rowling. On that note, because like I, I've been reading the like the most negative tweets about it. I've been looking at like people saying or just who are fucking infuriated about this game. And like one thing that I, I've seen a lot is people saying. Well, the, the first game was perfect, and then Neil Cockman had to go fuck it up for us. He ruined the series. He wrote the <laughs> yeah, first game, Yeah, why is his last too. name that? He wrote the first fucking game. <laughs> he didn't, like, take yeah, the franchise from somebody else. It's his story. And and the first game might be, quote-unquote, more, like, airtight of a narrative, but it is a lot simpler and a lot more basic. Like, number two has a lot more to say and a, and a lot more to think about, um, and it's just a bigger, meatier thing to sink into. Whereas, if you think about the story of The Last of Us 1, it's just kind of them bumbling around. They meet a few people. They talk a lot. And then at the end, there's this surreal, almost outlandish save the world choice at the very end um, that kind of uh, now seems to be uh, like immature in comparison to like a lot of um, a lot of the stuff going on in the sequel, or at least not as nuanced, a lot more simplistic, a lot more video gamey, like save the world. Whereas Last of Us 2 isn't really about saving the world. It's about it's about like saving the shreds of humanity within you. Uh, But anyways, uh, I think the last thing about the review people is just, yeah, we're, we could talk for hours about how the video game people are stupid and bad, uh, but there is still a would, small minority of good gamers, and we just need to create a, some kind of gamer cleansing uh, because uh, there is good gamers out there. Yeah. Oh, um, no, there definitely are. I mean, like, look, the, <laughs> a lot of people I've talked to have been totally reasonable about this game. You guys included other folks, too. The thing is that, like, I, so last week I talked about how I thought this game was, like, not as intellectually challenging as it thinks it is. But then I realized that a lot of people who play games like this are fucking idiots. Um, right. One thing that Rory sent to me, uh, we can talk about in a sec. The f- other thing is like, this probably is the second game in a three game <laughs> series based on what happened in the game. Um, yeah. Cause this is absolutely. like exactly second act shit. Like this is like, yeah. textbook second act like you get everything you want and then realize it's not what you want and give it up to pursue what you really want at great cost to yourself that's that's what the second act of a story is um and it's crazy to me that people are no, so mad no that's third act right isn't third act false it, well at the end of second act is false victory and then and then third act is realizing that's not what you wanted Right. Well, it's it's that the second act is where you find the character finds like, oh, we have the thing. I have the thing that I want. I'm, I'm feeling OK. And then you have to give it up. That's like the end of the game with with, with uh, leaving Dina to go after Abby and stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. and then finishing and stuff with Abby. She realized that, that even that's not what she wants. And she's there's still more to the world than that. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Yeah. And that's what this but, is. Yeah. I mean, and like I, it's yeah. Go for it. Oh, I was going to say like it, it. it's so much like so this, this also goes back to what I was saying about like this this being like the idea of this being the second act in a third, a three act structure thing goes back to what I was saying about this being the only thing that I could imagine this game being. I don't just mean like in terms of the fact that, so, um, and sorry, Griffin, you are contributing to the problem with the backlash. I'm going to explain why, and you won't be mad. I promise. But so the the first game came out and it was pretty much considered uh, like a lot of people were like saying like, wow, finally video games are sad. This is, this is a masterpiece. This is like the greatest, thing that anybody has ever done and that also is a thing that is part of why the this game was doomed 
because like mm-hmm. people built up the expectations of what the first game was in their head so fucking high. I don't think like yes. even if it was the single greatest work of narrative fiction ever produced, everyone would have been happy about it. And specifically to what the story was like, that is the only thing that I I can't think of a better way. To, it's the only thing that had like stakes connected to it that were motivated by things that happened in the first game. Like if it's if the second game wasn't just the road, the road again, because also the first game was just the road. Mm-hmm. The road with little bits Whereas, of 28 days later thrown into it. But the second game is face off. Or I would say it's more like sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Yeah, to yeah. Me, Vengeance is probably a it, more apt comparison, if, but it is a it's a simple revenge thing. Yeah, because I think a lot of gamers, I mean, the end of Last of Us, we should just start breaking down the Last of Us 2 plot, but the end of Last of Us, you know, Joel makes this really selfish choice and uh I think it, that's I think that choice and what side you fall on supporting that choice is what separates it, whether you're going to like part 2 or not. If you think that what Joel did was selfish, you're going to like part two because part two explores how that continues to harm people, his choice yeah. and being selfish. Um, if you think that Joel did the right thing in game one, you're going to absolutely hate this game. And I think that also yeah. uh, both in terms of the, the the moral choice there and also people's response to it having consequences uh, actually highlights a specific pitfall that video games have where so there, there's a problem in media in general where people uh, sympathize with and put themselves a little bit too much sometimes into anti-hero characters, which, you know, you could go back and forth about like if the, if the, the media itself is responsible for that or if it's just people's inability to uh, distance themselves enough to criticize the media. And I would I would tend to go to the latter. But um, I feel like the, the problem is exacerbated in video games because of the fact that you are literally in control of the, of the, the protagonist character. So if, even if they're doing shit that is really fucking bad, you are doing it. You are you are being made to do it. So you have to or you it's a lot easier to mm-hmm. invest yourself and identify with that character and their choices yeah. and not think critically mm-hmm. about like and, if they I, suck. Yeah, but I feel that way about like when I, I get attached to Tony Soprano and I also get sad and feel complicit when he murders someone. Um, to me, I I just have that that connection of empathy to characters. But I agree. Oh, yeah. There's something sensually and physical about doing it yourself. I mean, I don't I think mean, you don't, I don't um, think the issue is like, that. Only issue is that connecting to the characters is bad. I think the issue is that like you sh- you should be able to do both, like connect the character and understand like the ethical artistic intent of the character like yeah you can right right you can do both it's allowed that, that yeah. is that is what i was gonna so say let's just let's just move through the story and yeah, let's totally. move through the plot of it and we'll just give our we'll give our observations on different stuff gameplay mechanics story whatever um but because this is a, a long game i think we should just kind of break it down in chunks so uh the game starts and opens it looks incredible you play as joel for a little bit uh then you play as ellie for a few minutes and then you switch to a third character uh, abby and Abby is um, look clearly looking for Joel and trying to kill him. And it's like, oh, wow, weird. Like, I was so excited to get back into Joel and Ellie. Now I'm playing this third character. And then about, you know, two hours in, Abby just tortures and kills Joel. Yeah. I mean, not obvious that Abby does it. Obvious inciting incident for this game. Totally fine. Totally (laughs) effective. Totally good. But like, 
I mean, Rory, you and I talked about this when when people first started freaking out about the beginning of the game. Like, how could you ever be mad that that's what happens? Like, that's the, yeah. it's the right it's the right narrative choice. It's also like the only narrative or, choice. It's the only or, narrative choice yeah. because you need to give the game stakes. You need to have like something that motivates the plot forward, and also like. It's so weird to me that people were so fucking shocked that it happened because, like, I thought it was a given. I'm not joking. Like, when the game was first announced, they said straightforward, like, Ellie goes on a a quest for revenge. Okay, what is she going on a quest for revenge for? Either A, they're going to introduce a new character just to fucking kill them to motivate the story, or B, Joel is going to get fucking killed. Yeah, Yeah, because Lux aptly recognized Ellie knows one person. Yeah, yeah. She knows one. It's yeah, like I don't. It, 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 the, the, it's the Tommy, like, maybe, either Joel gets killed. Who would care? Yeah, yeah. Who would be like? Okay, you really need to chill. We know we don't know Tommy from that well. We've seen Tommy for two hours. Chill out. <laughs> it's it's just like it's just like a if it's either Joel gets killed or like someone steals all of her like apocalypse snacks. And she like has to go track down like her Cheetos and Doritos that are taken away by some like weird prepper from Texas. I'm, like I'm trying to come up with a joke and the last of us one's narrative is so thin and so simplistic that I just, there's no other, there's no other even joke guesses I could make. She's not attached to anything else in the world. Um, yeah. but, uh, and that's why, uh, um, so boom, Abby know, maybe- kills Joel and I will say for that sets part- us on this Maybe Sorry. it's a good mechanic. It's a good mechanical intro to the game. That whole beginning section up to Abby, up through Abby stuff is like yeah, good tutorial, good, good, good tutorial shit. Uh-huh. But this is the huge inciting incident. Maybe people would have been less mad if like Joel had had a cowboy moment or something like before he died. Yeah. You know I mean, but then the moment would have been like less interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I would agree with you on that. But like. Maybe Probably. those people would. Yeah. If he like managed to get one of them first or something. Yeah. If he managed- that's a great that's a great observation. You're right. If he had done a Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid style moment at the end, like where he got in a big old shootout and he died like a hero, not like a bitch, like just getting pummeled. Yeah. But him getting pummeled is like why it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I've- I mean, he slaughtered uh, doctors and civilians like he's a he deserved it. Yeah, I mean, one thing this game does, and like I said, I don't think this game is as smart as it thinks it is, but one of the smartest things about this game is that moment just to be like, when you're playing a video game, you're only considering your actions and perspective of the character you're situated in. And so like, you don't think about the fact that like all of those guards of the castle have children and wives or just husbands or like you don't think right. about the fact that like everyone you rob in GTA is yeah. like a person with a job, like challenging that mm-hmm. assumption, like problematizing the actions of the game of the characters like that. That is smart and interesting. Um, yeah. And that's like the, and, and and also, the smartest it, thing in the game. It didn't do what I was like freaked out that I was kind of worried that it was going to make me do, which would have been way more fucked up if it played out that scene like the part in Bioshock where you kill Andrew Ryan. <laughs> it's the same scene, basically. No, I mean, like <laughs> if it had made you play as Abby during that sequence. Oh, yeah, yeah. that would have been a little much. I was expecting because, that you know. to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, another interesting thing that the game does in this moment and something that I was feeling, especially in the early hours of this game is a lot of these scenes felt 
like an NBC show when they were doing the drama scenes between each other. Like it felt like I was watching this is us at times because like this is <sighs> us is like plagued with like hyper drama about people's grief and loss or whatever, but they do it with these kind of like good looking, smooth actors. Um, and I was noticing it, especially like when this Abby and her crew of quote unquote bad guys show up, they all look like central casting, like NBC stars, like, and I'm like, wait, okay. So the game is just, just by visually characterizing them, telling us that these are the actual good guys. I like you can see it on their faces. They don't look like thugs. They look like people i thought that owen looked like the miz like consistently throughout the game enough that like i I couldn't really feel any kind of sympathy for him because he just looks like the miz yeah yeah fair yeah (laughs) owen was definitely like way too way too like like his he had a he had like a haircut that was like from like 2003 and it's like who's cutting his hair like that well, he got now? his haircut it's like just- that while he was on the set of the marine three after john cena left the series <laughs> yeah right his, his um, last yeah, season so, of the challenge so boom joel is dead and it sets us on this sort of epic revenge tale um and uh the game sort of opens up and sends ellie and uh dina her girlfriend um out for revenge um now dina's one of those characters that just on a performance level is incredibly charismatic so even when she's underwritten it's still just like I still like the character. Um, I do wish that Dina had more to do in the story, um, but she does like serve her purpose in terms of like being someone in a revenge genre that gets lost. Yeah. I mean, Dina's fine. And like, it's, she's, you know, she's charming enough that like, you can understand why there's like a temptation for Ellie to want to like stay with her and not go after Abby later and all the other stuff. Like, that's the main thing. Like she, she fills that job totally fine. Um, she's also, it's like, I don't know. It's just like, it's one of those things where like the game, it needs to be a game, you know? And so like any character who's not in a lot of the shit with you or that you don't control, is always like a lot harder to connect with them. Like it's very difficult to get NPCs that you like, again, this is why mass effect is like my favorite game series of all time. Is that like, because you're rotating this party out and doing shit with all these people by the end of the third game that you care about, like all 55 million NPCs, but like that's mm-hmm. a th- hard thing to pull off in you know 200 hours of a series let alone like a 30 hour game and as far as 30 hour games go i think dina's like a pretty good job right yeah and the more the more i think about it this game also has a lot of similarities with halo 2 switching between the arbiter and master chief um or metal gear solid 2 uh, yes absolutely um but yeah so then you you go through this game and you go through like 4 days um in seattle and seattle is Unlike the first game, this like more of it's like I wouldn't say open world, but these massive sprawling levels with lots of side discoverables and hidden areas and stuff. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about those areas? Uh, cool idea. B minus design. I mean, yeah, it's it was interesting to look at, but also I think kind of highlights both Naughty Dog's particular uh weaknesses in level design and also um a a growing weakness with the idea of like making every every video game look like as as photorealistic as possible and what you're gonna say wet you're gonna say wet and you're right also yeah every everything (laughs) is increasingly becoming very wet um but what, what i mean by that also so like naughty dog makes siphons 
Like everything is an usually a very narrow path that goes to a very specific area that like that is where they want you to go because the way that they design all their video games is you need to get to the next important place as quickly as possible. So when they open that up a bit, you still, you, you have these very vast areas, but some of it just has fucking nothing in it. Like I, in the first area where like you're trying to get gasoline, um, so you have the two important buildings you're supposed to go to. There's also a third direction that you can go off to that like goes to a bit of an overpass over like a river. I yeah. walked all the way mm-hmm. over to there because like I thought, well, they, they made it so I can walk to here. So usually with, the, with these people's games or something over there, there's nothing over there. There is no reason to go right. there other than just waste five minutes. Right. I mean, this is why we talked about when we talk about Breath of the Wild. We talked about it being like one of the best open world design games is because anything you can look at, you can go to and there's a reason to go to there. Yeah, there's there's little Easter eggs at the very least everywhere, just like something to pick up. Mm-hmm. And so this yeah, game, I like, think that Naughty Dog gets confused with like the grandeur and spectacle and then like how that you can and still keeping that in a way where there actually is designs that you are engaging with, not just on a visual level, but on a gameplay level. Right. It's like if you make a super cool area with a th- like a cool third building, any player in who's played video games and knows like the sort of visual coding of video games is going to be like, oh, I want to go to there and see what that is. And then if you go there and it's like, do do nothing. It's just like, well, mm-hmm. fucking this sucks and I don't want to play like this game. Now this game sucks and I hate it. Like, I don't want to I don't want to do that. Like, that's just a waste of my time. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it's an on rails game that then all of a sudden is deciding to like take you like there's a few more rails, but they all kind of are the same rail still. But like it, there isn't a lot there there. But I will say I did like to explore the houses that did have stuff in them because the stories inside them were cool and the moments were cool. Yeah. Um, and they're so like playing the guitar was hilarious. It almost like suffers for how good a lot of that shit looks, honestly, because one of mm-hmm. like the secret like tricks of you're playing a video game is like the places you're supposed to go, even if they're not the main storyline, like look cool and alluring. Um, and this game had everything look cool and alluring and some places were just dumb and useless. Um, which is, I guess, is like can be part of like this whole like you're exploring a post-apocalypse aesthetic and there's some places aren't going to have anything or whatever, which I get. But it like it's not fun. Right. It's not mm-hmm. an enjoyable time. And it doesn't like add any dramatic weight. It just is like, boy, I could have just gone straight to the next story beat, I guess, instead of walking around these four houses. And like, you know, I'm playing the guitar is good. Finding the PS3 is good. All that kind of shit's fun. But there's just not a ton of it. And there's a lot of empty zones that are like. That's what I mean by B minus design. Like it's directing you towards places where nothing happens, which is not what you're supposed to do in a video game. Mm -hmm. And so as we keep playing, we keep on getting into the we keep on encountering the WLF, uh, which is clearly like it's like a militia group. But they seem to be the people that are like the normal people living in the area that have taken over Seattle. Uh, And Ellie is just ruthlessly cutting through the ranks of these people that killed Joel, just getting them left and right. Uh, It doesn't feel good when you do it. it. Definitely feels like she's making the wrong choice. Uh, and it's, uh, it's strange. Um, uh, it's, it's really brutal how she kills a lot of these people, including like some pregnant people. Uh, it's pretty wild. Um, and so one thing I noticed as I kept on playing in these big levels was, um, there is so much more looting in this game than the last one because this game has turned up the action, which means it wants you to fight 
uh, twice as many people to give you these kind of crazy moments like we saw in the E3 trailer where she's fighting seven people at once. Uh, and so the levels are bigger because of that. Um, but it becomes a lot more of an action game than a stealth game. And so you can really only stealth for like the first two kills. And then after that, you're just kind of going to town. Um, and so the whole kind of vibe of the game from the first one, which was stealth, loot the small resources you can find and manage them. All that resource management was kind of out the window on my playthrough because there was so much stuff everywhere. Yeah, I I've pretty frequently ended up running into areas where like I couldn't pick up the shit that I was supposed to be looting because you have a finite amount of resources that you can carry. And it, it's mm-hmm. pretty invested in like giving you more than you need of most shit in order to keep progressing. Mm-hmm. And I just said, look, I just want to see the next cool thing. I'm tired of looting. Like they, I got tired of like running into buildings and like just like grabbing everything I could. Cause like, look, I have enough stuff. I'm just going to skip these houses. And I would never skip a house in like Last of Us one. More, yeah. more though on like whether the, the violence feels good or bad though. Like I would actually disagree. And that could be or about not feeling good. And that could also be a pitfall of the game or not, depending on how you look at it. Like, uh, I get that you're supposed to feel bad and that it's supposed to feel super violent. But at the same time, like if you shoot somebody with an explosive arrow, they fucking jib like really hard. You get like a cartoonish spray from doing that. And that's like a thing that, you know, oh, yeah. 20, the past 20 years of games were like, that's an option all of a sudden where like if you shoot something rather than it just going away, like you can get like a little splatter. I've my brain has been trained to like find that appealing. <laughs> As a little <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that stuff is fun. I'm not, I'm not, I said the actual gameplay and killing lots yeah. of those guys and like all the ways, incredible, amazing, and very fun. When you kill the leaders, like the people of Abby's gang, those moments are not fun. You also, like you have to press square and just like repeatedly punch someone to death. Or, yeah, or I mean, well, in this some is cases also, you don't really have control over it. Yeah. This yeah. is also exactly, this is actually what you're getting at is why I'm not as into the looting stuff. Also, it's not that I don't like the going to find shit. It's because you have a surplus of shit and you're not you don't have to think too much about how you use your resources. It turns killing people into classic video game, thoughtless killing people to explode bloods everywhere. It's fun. And if the point of this game is like problematize the act of killing people, every design choice should direct you to thinking about what you're doing as you kill someone. And so if you have like basically access to unlimited arrows or whatever, like you don't think about it the same way, right? If it's like, oh yeah, man, yeah. should I should I arrow this guy or should I stab him or like, oh what? And then you catch yourself doing the calculation. You're like, what the fuck? This is crazy. That's how you I get won't. the kind of dramatic like meta stuff this game seems to want you to feel. Giving me a million arrows and like a bunch of knives. Like I'm not gonna. I don't give a shit. It just doesn't bother me the same way. I will say like right. if there's absolutely one thing that like it did make me feel bad about with the killing at all it's just that i i really don't like doing stealth kills when you're playing as ellie mostly because i was playing most of the game through headphones and uh the the sound effects you get for like stabbing somebody in the neck are awful you get like i don't know if you you could hear it super clearly but you get like a wheezing hissing sound from like their artery from mm-hmm. like air going through their neck or blood going like out of the side of their neck and it's yeah. a really gross noise it's dissonant like it's that choice is a great choice for what i was just talking about yeah. like that like like grounds you in that moment but when you also have a bunch you don't have to think about your resources and shit you don't get you don't let yourself get grounded cuz you're like moving 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 
And so like yeah. it, they make some design choices that are exactly like this, that are exactly the kind of thing that they, the harrowing Schindler's list of games, but oh, other choices God. that are like totally not that. And it's like, it, it doesn't, this is why I'm, I don't like to call it a masterpiece. Cause I don't think it really hits its ideological or like thematic goal the way it wants to. I think it's just like a really, it's like a rivalry in our DMS. You called it like a gussied up resident evil. Like that's what it basically is. Like it's a really incredible resident evil game. At some point, like 4.30 in the morning, I think like the the first weekend I was really playing the game, the phrase A24 Resident Evil popped into my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it basically I, is. I it basically that's exactly what it is. And I think that's good. I think it's like a cool thing in a game that should exist. But I think the reason why for me it doesn't feel like a masterpiece is that like a masterpiece should be like everything is working towards one goal. Um and that like this game doesn't I, I quite agree that do there are, that. I agree there are multiple priorities that sometimes come in conflict, but I would I disagree. And I think that more times than not, they work they work together as and I think there are times where they work against each other, but to me it's the minority because I mean just the sheer just the sheer like gameplay of sometimes like running through like a sunken house in the in a river or you know um, when you're in Santa Barbara fighting uh, those I don't know dog the bounty hunter the and rattlers. his cops uh, like yeah the rattlers um, there there is there is something to like the scale in a way that in spectacle of those those set pieces of fighting all those people that reminds me of like what I've said before in this podcast, like Mad Max or something like something that I haven't seen before on that level and scale. That was really cool. Um, right. but well, I mean, the Naughty story, Dogs, uh, I said Naughty uh, Dog's like so fucking good at like set pieces. Um, right. And like yeah. always have oh, been. God. And so I was never worried about those being sweet. Cause you're right. Those whip ass. It's just the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so moving on oh, in the story, actually, sorry, um, I have one other thing. Okay, sorry, I'll I'll say moving on in the story one more time coming up, okay. guys. Rule, rule freeze, baby. One one th- one more thing about like the sound design, the idea of like feeling good or bad about the, about what you're doing. Uh, one of my biggest reluctances going into playing this was like people talking about like how much you'll feel bad about your what you're doing. All these people are people, and they have names. And the way that people like kept talking about that made me think like. So, like, there's this thing in the game where every NPC has a name. And so I was, like, expecting, like, you're going to, like, start to, like, empathize with these people really deeply. And it turns out, like, what that that ends up turning into is just, like, this little magic trick that happens where you shoot somebody and somebody else sees them. They'll yell, Dave! Peter! Kyle! It doesn't... I was expecting, like, oh, my God! Oh, my God! What did you do? You shot Dave! is wrong with you you fucking bitch you fucking bitch how can you do that to me he was my best friend what the fuck is wrong with you and instead you get dave wait rory let's remake last of us 2 with with new dialogue let's make some videos we should make a video of that that's really funny it is it is very true though like they are just like they do think it's like Naming NPC is one step to making you give a shit about them. It's not the only step. Just like knowing the guy I killed is named Devin does not make me feel worse about killing Devin. And some of the fucking Rattlers had real fucking Southern California dude names too. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Wyatt. <laughs> Brody. Uh, what's it called? Uh, so basically it. I think it's unfair to declare before we get to a really important piece of this game that it, that like 
it has all these dissonant things because all of a sudden halfway through the game, you have to completely switch characters. Um, and I think, uh, just that function of then playing the second half of the game as Abby, it's like designed to piss people off, not in like a way that's like bad, but like, you know, people are just going to fundamentally feel frustrated and angry about that. I mean, like the skill tree resets, like you, you basically are going back to zero with the game. Um, but seeing it from a new perspective and a new lens and this new lens and this new side of the story and putting your shoes in, in, in the side of the quote unquote villains um, instantly, the game is like, yeah, Ellie is a piece of shit. Fuck Ellie. And the right. next 12 hours are all about that. Like I said, like I said before, like that's the smartest thing about this game. It's not the thing mm-hmm. of like making you feel bad for killing or feeling immersed in this harrowing journey. It's, reminding you that the character exists in a world where other people have other perspectives and that like the ethics of Ellie's choices aren't universal. They're specific to her. That's like by a wide margin, the smartest thing this game does. Um, yeah. And so I don't, I don't think and it of nails course it's the, the thing that people hate the most. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I will, well, I don't think it nails the sort of like thinking about violence and like problematizing violence as an act way. It does do a really good job of making you think about, who a character is and how other people exist around them. And that's a thing games like almost never do. And I think that if that Mm -hmm. had been, I think that I was like really pleasantly surprised by that because that wasn't the discourse around the game when it came out, right? When the game first came out, it was like, this game is going to make you really question if it's okay to kill people. And it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, I think I know. It's not. Um, No, it's not. That's not the question at all. The question is like, what what do we do to each other? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And And like, and like, if you're playing a video game, do you, should you care about other perspectives than your characters? And it like, that's a really interesting question. And one that I think should be the center mm-hmm. of the discourse. And it's really weird to me that it's not, I mean, it's not weird to me because it's not because it's because it goes back to whatever you call the, I guess the Ludo narrative. Is that yeah. the, what the plane like, Imagine it's like, the, it, yeah. it, it like that, like that it functions to tell that story incredibly well, but just the sheer, sensory experience of that is frustrating is alienating is isolating um and so it's it's doing what it wants to do and its priority but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like it's like fun at that moment it hurts kind of yeah totally it's, it's, pa- it's, it's like, like painful. i said like i like i kind of said last week like it's a good argument against ludo narrative consonants because they like nail the gameplay to the story perfect like in a really incredible way but also it's like really brutal to experience. So, yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, you know, a lot of stuff happens with Abby. I think this is the part of the game that drags a little bit. I think they could have shaved a, a couple hours off of Abby's story because there is there is just like a little bit dragging at times. Uh, but overall, like I, I liked what they did with all the new characters they brought in. Um, you know, they they bring in this. uh this trans character uh, and it, and to me, at least it didn't feel like virtue signaling. It felt like they were just like represented a real person and tried to like honor their story. I don't know. I don't, I haven't read a lot of discourse about that character, but from my perspective, like it was a diverse cast and they tried to give them all uh, a unique perspective that felt lived in. what do you guys think about all those characters? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I basically agree. I think that they got to do stuff and like be cool and they were defined by things they did, not who they are, which is like how you make characters. Mm-hmm. 
I thought they were pretty like a pretty interesting set of characters. Uh, I don't. I, I have read some of the problems that people have with uh, like the way that Lev is portrayed, and I I see where they're coming from, and I I don't know. Like I can kind of I could go either way on it, but I also don't feel like I'm really qualified to. Yeah, I would say that, like, I definitely want to read more about, like, uh, like what trans people are reviewing the game and what they think about the character, um, because they obviously have like it. a far more nuanced perspective. Some of them don't. Um, but it's not really. Yeah, <laughs> but I, what I will say, what I will say is I've seen I've seen lesser storytellers try to um, check off a bunch of diversity boxes when they include stories. And like this didn't feel like that for me. Uh, and even though, like. I expected them to do that in a shitty way. It didn't feel like that for me. I was going to say, like, for for the most part, the character does stuff that, uh, you know, has, has decent motivations and makes sense. And, like, it doesn't seem super. Uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to think, like, how to say say this. Like, they, they have agency and intentions and goals that aren't aren't just like that feel like it's going beyond just like we decided that we have to put this character in because that because we have to like Lev wants things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the key, right? Is that like, like I said, uh, to make a good character, they have to have like a position and like a worldview. They also have to do things that exemplify that worldview and complicate it and flesh it out by like taking action. And so a lot of these games, like you're talking about Griffin, that do representation is kind of lazy way where they're like, Look, it's two ladies and they're kissing. Anyway, next fight. Um, uh, I, I would say the the worst example of representation I could think of is there's like an episode of Doctor Who where there's like two minor characters that just pop up long enough to say they're gay married and then do nothing else. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's the same as in Star Wars Episode Nine during the celebration scene, two ladies kiss, and it's like, well, you could have just cut that from the movie and no one would care. Like, if well, I'm pretty sure they did in China. In a hundred percent, they did in China. Um, <laughs> So like, like that couple from Doctor Who, Pete and Chaston. Yeah, uh, Pete and Chaston. I, I don't even fucking know. Yeah, it's the booted judges. Um, but yeah, it's it's it. I think you're right that it does it does get to some of the it it does do a much better job of sort of painting a picture of these characters beyond like gamer inclusion politics stuff that's really good, which is like actual representation, which is like mm-hmm. a, a compelling thing. Um, yeah. Well, if uh, if we can talk again about the weird fans for a second, since we're talking about the Abbey section, well, I, I, I sure, yeah. Um, did you guys know that the lady who plays Abby has been just getting endless death threats because of things Abby does in the game? What? Yeah, it's it's what? they they're literally the messages are like you killed Joel, and for that I'm gonna find where you live and kill what? your family. I'm going to find where you oh live and God. slaughter you for what you did to Joel. Oh my god, um, video games are it, terrible. Yeah, it's just like wh- I don't understand what they think happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm very confused. You like, know, I'm she, like, she well, came like, into the recording studio one day and she just murdered Troy Baker. They were doing yeah, mocap for like a scene. They're doing mocap for a scene <laughs> yeah, in the she, game. Yeah, Troy Baker is now dead. Where yeah, she just you know, improvised going, the whole game and they built around it. 
It was going to like, be a video crazy. game where it was about Joel again, and then they were recording one of his scenes, and she just came onto the set and literally started hitting him with a golf club, and they thought, well, fuck, this has to be the game now because we can't do this again because Troy Baker is you dead. Know, she, she was trained in UCB improv, so we just let her go to town. She just Troy just yes ended. He was a really helpful scene partner. He just really took the club to the face. Yeah, never challenged the scene. Oh but just let her just like kill him, which was weird. Oh. <laughs> but you know, I guess that's all right. Great improvisers say no, and Troy's just pretty good. Um, um but yeah, it's it, no. it, it, like, that shit is so crazy yeah. to me. And I think again, it's part of this game where it's like the things people are mad about are the weirdest fucking things. And the things mm-hmm. people are happy about are also the weirdest fucking things. And there's so much good in this game. And it feels like the things people are talking about have nothing to do with the things in this game that kick ass. It's very, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you're talking like about. Lux. It makes sense to me ruled. because, you know, for me, I am, uh, I'm currently doing a, a lawsuit against the voice actor for master chief for, uh, doing a genocide on the flood. Uh, <laughs> I love the flood and I thought that his actions, uh, destroying the halo ring were unacceptable. And well, I will see you got in that- court master chief. Well, ever since you got that 23 in me that says you were 83% flood, um, things have, things have become really weird. Guilty spark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, things and, have become anyways, really fraught for you. Uh, the, the other thing is, is that they, they think that Abby is trans because she has muscles. And small breasts. Because no, yeah. nobody um, has ever had mm-hmm. small breasts. And also, if you're... Uh, you know, wor- working out, it definitely doesn't make your breasts smaller. Which is why China never got a breath, a boob job. And also not one I single thought, woman has ever been born muscular. Yeah, China? I mean, she was fucking she looked like Ronda Rousey. She was hot. Like her muscles were fucking probably the most erotic thing uh, in the game. <laughs> the most erotic like, thing in the game. They were. Let's just talk like, about China I mean, some more. Those things were <laughs> Those things were awesome. Like, like I want Abby to to like crush me with those things. They're great. I think I thought they were awesome. But yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of gamers just aren't aren't ready for this type of thing. I think they should just play Call of Duty. Like they should just like do do Call of Duty politics. I don't know. Like they like they sh- they don't need to play this game. Um, but yeah, I I really I really feel for the voice actors and even honestly, I'll say it, I'm not a fan of his. I guess I am a fan of his regretfully, but you have Neil's a complicated relationship too. We have oh, yeah. an off on again. We have a will they won't they between <laughs> me and Neil. Uh, I mean, and even Neil has been receiving death threats. And so all those quotes uh, I pulled are to from do a Neil gamer cleansing. Yes. We have to do a gamer cleansing um, because this is this is out of hand, um, and uh, and also it like it hurts the ability for for like games to get more advertisement and become more larger in the community if like no advertisers like want to come near this shit. It's the same thing like with on Twitch. Like that's why they're doing the cleansing on Twitch right now with getting rid of all the bad streamers. Yeah. It's like, if you want a games to actually get respected and crit- and have like criticism that operates mm-hmm. in the way that movie crit does. And like that discourse does a, yeah. you can't scream at games for trying things. B you can't scream at people for critiquing the games because the goal of all that shit is to find the ways that games can explore things in cool ways. And the times that they succeed, the times that they fail. If you're just going to be mad when they try cool things and mad when people complain about them not doing things well, then like, of course, everyone's going to act like games are for children because you're acting like fucking children. Like, 
I don't know. It, it drives me fucking nuts. It, it makes me so mad because I like I like writing games grit and I do it occasionally. And I think it's really fun. I think it's really cool. But like a lot of people seem invested in making sure that uh, it sucks ass forever or that it doesn't exist at all, that there is just a monolithic thumbs up or thumbs down on content. Yeah, exactly. It's a real five star, one star universe. Like they're sort of some kind of iTunes mm-hmm. review store. Um, yeah. All right, let's get to the next part because um, we're already so pushing anyways, 57. Yeah, so uh, that, well, I was trying to get to it, but you guys had opinions and thoughts. <laughs> oh <my God>. uh, <laughs> fucking imbeciles. Is uh, it the Rat King? So, or are you going to yeah, talk so, about the Rat King, the best part of the game? Is the is the Rat King the, the big the giant mold, Katamari the big, ball of shit? The Katamari ball. Yes. Let's yeah, talk about the rules. Katamari. No one talks about the Katamari ball. The most Resident Evil section of the entire fucking game. That was some real crawling through a spooky house. Oh, shit. Yeah. I have nothing to say. Other than just that fucking ruled. That was the that was the most out of field. Like, this is unlike the rest of the game and maybe could have been cut moment. Like, it was cool and like epic and definitely a spectacle. I, uh, I think it, and I guess they're trying to think of new things for the zombies to do. Um, but uh, yeah. So once we get to the third act of this game, we've gone through the, the four day timeline with both sides of the characters. And we've seen how both sides have hurt each hurt each other. Um, and then. Uh, it ends with this one off one where you're Abby and you're trying to fight Ellie in this like zone. Uh, Abby just beats the shit out of Ellie, just fucking punks her and is just going to about to slit Dina's fucking throat. Uh, and then Lev convinces Abby to leave. Abby merciful, mercifully lets Ellie live and, and they leave and they go their separate ways. The third act, it's the classic Western revenge style. Ellie now is with Dina. They have a baby. They're on a house. Everything is good. And she could continue this life. But revenge calls her back. Uh, this was the moment where it was just like, ah, this is like really frustrating. And I just want, I don't like playing as Ellie anymore because I don't agree with her choices. Yeah, this is what many people on the internet, as Rory explained to me, are considering a plot hole, um, which is the stupidest shit I've ever heard of. This this goes back to why nobody's good at criticizing things. It's not what that word means. It's a, it's a choice that you don't like. Uh, okay. Uh, so b- before I played the game, I w- another one of the, another one of the recurring complaints I'd hear about it a lot is there, there's a lot of plot holes in the game. And then I finished the game and I was thinking, well, you know, uh, you know, everything that happens seems pretty explained. You know, uh, maybe maybe there's some stuff like could could be considered like a valid thing. Like, uh, you know, how, how did Yara get? to where Tommy and Abby are and when when she you know intervenes in, in like at, at the end of the sniper sure. sequence but you know at the same yeah. time like you saw Lev jump up a bunch of stuff so like clearly the seraphites are kind of nimble you don't necessarily need to have that shown to make sense what are the potholes uh, I found an article mm-hmm. on screenrant.com saying titled like Love the em. biggest plot holes in the last of us part two and you know what they consider like a huge plot hole in the game ellie doesn't kill abby <laughs> that is a plot <laughs> hole you know a, a plot hole that is yeah, in the, the same two, caliber the of storytelling problem 
as like when Jack doesn't get on a door that like could fit both him and whatever the fuck her name is in Titanic, a character's <laughs> opinion changes. Oh, the, the two plot holes. I think this is just this is worth noting because it goes back to the stupid discourse on this game. The two plot holes the article points out are Ellie doesn't kill Abby and Ellie leaves Dina, both of which are huge choices the character makes that are critical to the plot and themes of the entire fucking game. Like, there's no point in the rest of the game if those things don't happen. Um, And they're not like forced events. It's like Ellie is mad at Abby and is obsessed with revenge. That's the only life she knows. And then Abby and then at the end, like, realizes that maybe that's bad for her. That's character growth and storytelling. It's but she wanted to do it and then she didn't do it. So that why would she want to do it if she doesn't do it? That doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why. You know, you don't want to talk about big plot holes in the game. Uh, you, you know, it says in 2013 there, there were zombies, but I was in 2013 and there weren't no zombies. There were I no think, zombies. Um, so I, yeah, I, this game's I, bad. I think when Boromir tried to take the ring from Frodo, that was the biggest plot hole I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just clear that like people get paid to just say words they don't even understand the definitions of online, which makes <laughs> me as an unpaid, uh, much smarter person feel like a fucking loser. <laughs> Uh, because it's like, I know the definitions to words and I'm getting zero dollars here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a bad you beat, dude. It's Lux. a really bad beat. Lux was trying to eat some um, food yeah. while you were saying that. You almost killed it. Yeah, but yeah, I, I almost followed an entire broccoli when you said that. There's, there's a, so we move into this third act now where you're back in Ellie's shoes and she's going to hunt Abby down. Uh, Abby has been, has been captured by what seems like vaguely sex traffickers. Rattlers. Um, I don't know if you guys got that vibe as well. Uh, The Rattlers. Um, But Rory had some observations about the Rattlers. Most of them are wearing police vests or like tactical gear. I thought that they were either former. Either former cops or people who wanted to be cops and just took a bunch of cop gear. They all fucking look like three percenters. They all have. They look like cops. They all have like the same haircuts as like militia dudes that I've seen um, and the wraparound shades. And they just suck so bad. I felt pro slavery. I felt no guilt whatsoever about like taking those people out because they just suck. Those are the people that I like wanted to just make sure every last one died for sure. Um, Yeah. I mean, even the guy that, that Ellie kills, the guy that's like the the biker looking dude, he looks like Dog the Bounty Hunter, just like mo-capped in. Like I was half expecting to see like Beth there too. Um, but um, yeah, like uh, this third act was like where they con- they introduced more stealth tactics in that the zombies were chained up in their compound. And if you snuck over to the zombies, you could unchain the zombies and release the zombies, uh, on the, on the rattlers. Uh, and it was like, man, like I wish the game had dove into that stuff more, uh, throughout the rest of the game, uh, as opposed to just being, uh, like a, a, just a full force, just 
relentless like action assault game um, because when they do have a stealth idea it's interesting and it's good I mean they introduced two night two two other types of zombies not in the third act but sort of second half of the game like the guys the that are stuck to the walls uh, the- that come out like they've been like really that are like ancient ones they're kind of like Davy Jones against the walls um, and then there's like the, the the stealthy zombies that sneak up on you that are hard to find um, so it's like when they add those things like those really felt like fun gameplay stuff and i and i was attached to those moments a a little bit more than i was to the relentless action which did feel start to feel samey as it went on but we go on to this final act uh ellie is so crazy ellie is so crazy that she's like yeah like the person i'm trying to kill is a slave now so i'm gonna free them as a slave and then kill them right i mean that's the classic like like vengeance story thing of like you see them like less than they used to be and it doesn't feel right to like take your revenge. So you have to like put them back as a threat again. Otherwise you realize that like your whole commitment to this nonsense was stupid. Um, Right. Which is ironic because I think Ellie is not too different from a lot of the people talking about the last of us too. in that like, they just can't realize the thing they're talking about isn't the thing they wanted to be talking about. And so they are enraged and like have to make it happen. And like, that's what happens in the game. And it's a cool, Again, a really cool story. Like, that's the thing is this game is cool as shit and has some really smart stuff going on. It's just not what it maybe doesn't hit its goals directly or it's not what people projected to be, but it's still really fucking cool. Just like and Ellie has this perspective and this and this life view um, about um, what her life with Joel and like what life was going to be like and what was taken from her. Uh, the fans experienced that same thing because they had this fantasy expectation and they felt like something was taken from them and they're forced to empathize with something that feels like the enemy to their sensibilities. Uh, and so they're 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 like like. I think that this is like more than most video games, like really forces the player to go through the same journey or forces the fans to go through the same journey as the character in a way I haven't seen in games before. And that's why it's just so fucking interesting to me, despite how fucking toxic it is. Um, that's why to me, I think it really, really, really works. Um, so uh, Ellie and Abby do this final fight out in the ocean and Abby chomps some fingers off. This is the part where I was just like, oh, my God, this part was a little little much for me. I mean, you're just you're like Ellie and you're like slicing up this like this just d- d- like emaciated version of Abby who's lost She's all of her muscles. Lost, yeah, and, like I actually and, looked at the character models and the character model viewer afterwards to like see how much Abby had physically changed. <laughs> And it's a lot. Yeah. It's I mean, a- it's it's brutal to see. And then then just like this fight where you're just supposed to slash away at her with a knife and just drown her. And it's like, oh, this that was the one moment where I was like, this is really reaching my limit for what I want to be doing in a video game. <laughs> um, but, hey, it pushed me right to the edge. And then it's and then Ellie makes the hard choice or I, pretty easy choice to let fucking Abby go with Lev and live out their fucking life on Catalina Island at the wine mixer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. It's it's great how it pulls you back from that edge. It's also great how it pushes you there. It's also great that at some point yeah. Abby eats Ellie's fingers, which is my favorite shit in the whole game. 
Oh. Yeah, and 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 then it's not just a moment of sen- it's not a moment of just like oh which part could get really fucked up of Ellie because it all goes back to her playing the guitar at the end then because she's missing yeah. those two fingers so the song that she's been playing the guitar she can't even strum the beats anymore she can't hit the chords uh, and I thought that was like ooh that to me that hit me in a good place that was I thought that was a good moment. Yeah, I think no, it's a strong it's, ending and it's a good third. It's a good ending for if there's a third game, because now the next question is like Ellie's thrown everything away in the pursuit of one goal, realized it was empty. What does she do next? That's a not only that, but that's it's physically a good story marred by doing it. It's yeah. a symbolism. She got she mm-hmm. got physically changed by doing the thing that she wanted to do. Exactly. And it's like mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a really good it's that's really good storytelling. It's really well situating the plot in a good place. And also it's like. It's it's a it it feels right. Guys, I wanted to ask a big question. It feels like overall we can recognize this as a big overall pretty good game with flaws. Um, but we've mentioned this idea that this game could only be this game in terms of act two, and it actually was fairly easy to predict what would occur in this game if we are inferring as Last of Us 1 as Act 1. So as a little bit of a thought experiment, what happens in Act 3, Last of Us Part 3? A redemption arc. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I th- Ellie is so distraught over what she did that that becomes a consuming thing. And she goes out on a quest to like save something. Or be, or just becomes a story about uh, Ellie becomes like a a, a fucking uh, Clint Eastwood guy wandering around aimlessly looking for something to do to redeem herself. Yeah, my thought is something mm-hmm. like that. Possibly dies. For me, I think it's this idea uh, of the cure and self sacrifice, um, and I think that in the end of Last of Us Part Three. Um, there will be another doctor that will pull the cure from Ellie's body. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate ending. I think it's gonna be one of those stories where like Ellie is like a weird lone wolf protecting a small town and then zombie and like from zombies. And then like it becomes about like they have to leave and she's protecting all of them. And then to protect them for real, she eventually has to kill herself because of doctor and give them the cure or something like that. Like that's that's the basic arc. Third option with that. Uh the thing that resolves my my biggest problem with this entire series, Ellie finds another doctor who has heard of what a biopsy is <laughs> and knows that you can remove tissue from somebody, including from their brain, without fucking cutting their entire skull open and sucking out all the juice. You can remove. Yeah, maybe there's some better doctors out there. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I will say that for Abby's de- dad and killing her. Uh, he was probably a bad doctor if he didn't realize, you, you you know, people have been poking small holes in people's skulls for thousands of years. You can do that. You can take a <laughs> syringe, just drill a tiny, tiny hole. Then just he's just like a he's just like a web MD Redditor guy <laughs> masquerading as a doctor in the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> he's a real all or nothing uh, type, you know? I, yeah. Our fourth option, um, we open on a grave. 
uh, Joel arises a la Game of Thrones, the mountain and protects Ellie uh, and they go around the world just doing adventures <laughs> in 80 days. Uh, oh, another game, that, another story option that might not be as fun to play, but I think would be compelling would be Abby and Lev finally go into the ocean and they go to Japan and it turns out Japan is fine. And now there's just two blood smeared people freaking out in a country full of normal ass people who are very confused. That's not a bad outcome, honestly. Um, I, so, okay. I, so I, can't, I, think, I can't tell if that's anti-racist or, or racist to be like, yeah, they figured it out. No, I think, I think that's pro. I think that's, I mean, I think it's just anti-racist. We've all seen what happens in America when there's a pandemic and a disease and how we handle it versus everyone else. So it seems reasonable to expect. And also like the the gestation (laughs) period for the virus is or for the infection is less than the amount of time it would take to fly to Asia. It's the right. Thing. Yes. <laughs> like we were talking, Rory and I were talking about this. Like there were probably mad planes that like took off full of healthy people and landed full of zombies or just fucking crashed like, somewhere in the, the world. ocean. Yeah. Or just like crash into the South Pacific. Right. Um, yeah. That's a weird thing uh, well, to think about. Guys, that was the last of us part two. Um, I, 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 I feel pretty good about that to feel like um, in terms of all the media out there about this game, um, we might be one of the only people that got it majorly right. I would yeah, say I mean, ours were the only correct opinions. I think I think Rory and yeah. you are both correct about that. That we're sort of the only ones with a real take on this. Um, and I think the, the take is that it's very good. Griffin thinks it might be a masterpiece. Rory and I think it's just a very good survival horror game. But either way, it's worth fucking playing. Mm hmm. I would go a step further and say, well, it well, it is a very good game. It is actually very irresponsible to call it a masterpiece because the more good things like just completely good and pure things that Neil Druckmann hears about, the more that he starts to think that he's a genius and the more annoying he gets on Twitter. That's true. Yes, I I feed I'm feeding something that's very toxic and bad. You're right. Yeah, but, but so Griffin, and Druck, Griffin and Druckmann have their fucked up relationship. So like this is exactly I'm playing them hard cold. Um, I want there to be a Frost v. Nixon moment between me and Neil that'll that'll happen in the next couple of months, I think. Did you ever did you watch that movie? <laughs> <laughs> um uh, thank you, Rory, for coming on, thank man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um and on that note, let's yeah, let's wrap things up. Uh Rory, you got anything you want to plug? Tell people where to get the cool shirts and whatnot. Uh well, today is my birthday, so uh, you are legally required to go to skeletonwizard.com and buy a t-shirt from me unless you don't want to or you can't afford to. And that's the law, baby. Uh, Griffin, yeah. you got anything? Uh, y- yeah. Um, oh, uh, big, big news on my end that I'll be talking more about. Um, but uh, as you can see behind me right here, uh, Hunter Edwards of Game Boy's uh, previous guest fame, uh, we've started a streamer house during the virus. Um, that's right. Uh, Hunter, um, is not able to move into his new place because his new place has coronavirus. So Hunter, uh, is now staying with me and we have created a streamer house. So go to twitch.tv slash room or, uh, twitch.tv slash Hunter or something. Uh, and most days of the week we will be playing some games and there is a wide cam of both of us playing in the same room. 
Wow. That sounds like hell to me. And I'm excited to check it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, PWR stuff is, is starting to reactivate, so remember to stay tuned for that. But mostly check out uh, Wisecrack and Not Even a Show. We've been pranking. We've been ripping and dripping. It's been great. And check out Haley on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Eat Every Sound for some cool food-based ASMR. Um, and I think that's it, everyone. Yeah, oh, and also vote for Kanye West for president. See you guys. Bye. Yep.